You ready, Nick? I'm ready. All right. Fake the end around. Lamb firing for the end zone. Jump ball. Tennessee survives. 53-yard field goal attempt, which would be a career-long for Austin Seibert. It's short, and here's Brandon Wilson returning it. Wilson past the 30, past the 40. Wilson might take it all the way. He hurdles his own man and takes it home. Touchdown, Houston. Swoops. Welcome to the Comebacks Podcast, Episode 4. It's Tuesday, the 6th of September, 2016. I'm Nick Ghost, and I'm joined by fellow sports fans... Kevin Herbster. And Devin Hurd. Brad Buff. Well, the Comebacks Podcast is a sports podcast for sports fans, made by sports fans. we got a big week to talk about, some college football, some college football recap, some standings. NFL kickoff as well. As long as some fans, fantasy lineup as I'm... Heard as I heard, yep. I've heard right. You heard correct. Okay, let's get right into it. Um, well, to begin, we're gonna do a segment called Love Hate, where we're gonna be talking about the NFL quarterback battles upcoming uh, for Week One of this NFL season. And uh, our good, as you might know, our good friend Brett Bolf recently had a national Canadian tragedy on his oh, hands. Oh, Canada! Shut up. The <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, Teddy Bridgewater, as I understand, lost his knee. Uh, G.I. Joe style, it, it popped off like an action figure in the toy chest, oh and they recently <laughs> traded for Sam Bradford of all to fix the problems, uh, a first round pick and a fourth round pick, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, those are, um, they're actually, like, co- coincidental, I don't know what they're called, but they change based on performance. Ah, okay, yeah, there's a, there's a word for that. I, conditional. I wish, conditional. Conditional, you got it. Okay. So, um, wait a we don't have a thesaurus out on the Comebacks podcast <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. at all times. Sports terms. We're pretty proficient, but not well, all the time. Compensational. Compensational. Okay. But it's also conditional. Conditional is it's based on certain situations. But, so, all right. So, uh, we're, the segment is love and hate. We're going to talk about these quarterback battles. Both, do you love your Minnesota Vikings putting their franchise franchise's hands? In Sam Bradford's hands. Okay, yeah, their hearts in their hands. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. Okay. Do you love it or hate it? I love it. I love it no matter what. I mean, it doesn't matter. The dude hasn't played on a team as good defensively or with the wide receiving core as good as the Vikings. I don't care if we're young, top five defense in the nation. I I hope it's just you being really, really optimistic as a fan because I hate it. It doesn't Uh, change my prediction at all. I feel like Sean Hill would have been a much better option. No, you're lying. To be completely honest, dude, Sam Bradford had the the third worst QBR last season. Uh, on the Eagles, and that was an Eagles team that had seven wins and did almost make the playoffs. So uh, it's not like they didn't win in Philadelphia, but I just I don't agree with it. He hasn't really had success ever since the he, the first injury that he had at the Rams or whatever it was. No, so. dude, he had the same amount of touchdowns in the last nine games as Teddy Bridgewater had in the whole season. I mean, this is everything we want in a quarterback at the same point. I mean, I the know. dude was an overall first first round pick overall. Devin, do you think that if, oh, both of you guys, do you think if uh, 
Bradford underperforms, say the first five or six games, that you know maybe he'll get a shot. I do. I I one hundred percent. They're trying. They're obviously trying to win now with this move, because uh, you do have AP aging. At, toward, yeah, toward the end of his career, uh, you don't know how many time or how many more Talk prime, how many more prime years he's got being one of the top five. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Kev, love or hate? Uh, I'm pretty torn on this. Um, I think I like it because it's probably the best move they could have made going for somebody. I mean, Sam Bradford was a pretty pretty good choice in my opinion, but I mean, I don't I don't like him by yeah. any means. I mean, was there I anybody else on the market really to go for it? Because I was trying I mean, to think about that. They like, were asking arms else? and knees yeah. and heads and brains and they, fingers and they, everything. Did they approach him? the Browns about maybe trying to get McCown? Yeah. I don't know if the Browns are interested in giving up McCown because they do want that. No, they wanted more than they wanted for Bradford. Mm. I'm, I, not, I'm not giving into that deal. I remember last year there was some talk that maybe Matthew Stafford moving on. I wonder if there had been a phone call to Detroit. I It would have been really interesting to be in that uh, that GM's office, the, the Ricky, Vikings team. Ricky Spielman. Ricky Spielman's office uh, when he was making all those calls because they would have had to approach about Stafford. Yeah. I, I feel like Stafford would be worth two first-round picks. Yeah, Stafford, Stafford's worth two first-round picks, that's no doubt. But Actually, um, just really quick, elaborating on the conditional picks. So, based on the record of of the Vikings next year is how the, is how the pick gets determined, the first-round pick at least. Well, actually for both, but starting with the first round pick, if we if you win the Super Bowl, obviously it's the 32nd pick, and then it goes based on record. So the worse the record, the higher the first round pick. And then the fourth round pick, based on your record, if becomes a third round pick if you win uh, 8 to 12 games, if you win, or 8 to 11 games, 11 games to 14 games, it becomes a second round pick. And then if you win the Super Bowl, the fourth round pick becomes a second round as well. Okay. Um, I, uh, ending, ending this first one, uh, I love it. I do think it was the best that they had. Uh, would have been interesting to see who else they would have called. <laughs> I'm surprised, uh, Michael Vick's name didn't get tossed around. No, he was in town. He was? Okay. That was... I think I don't... Uh, Michael Vick, dude. Michael Vick would have looked good in purple. Let's all, let's all, let's all acknowledge that. I mean, right? lefty power. Lefty power rolling I out, hitting argue, Stephon Diggs. Can't argue against the lefty power, but I, I, I guess Sam Bradford's better than Michael Vick. Um... Uh, Moving on to the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, they open up with my team, the Browns, but they, uh, they're they giving Carson Wentz the nod, and they're going to start him over Chase Daniel, um, especially after Sam Bradford obviously traded to the Vikings. So mm-hmm. do you guys love or hate Carson Wentz starting? Can I uh, can I get a real quick clarification here? What was, um, is he the first FB, or yeah, FCS? FCS quarterback to get a starting position? In a long time, at least. In a long time, probably. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's probably not the first, but I th- that's pretty unheard As you can tell, Joe Flacco was from Delaware. Delaware. Okay. Delaware. So, okay. Yes, yes. First one in a little bit. And was Kurt Warner? Yeah. No, Kurt Warner was not. I don't want to say this is like the second or the third time this has ever happened, but it's definitely the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you guys love or hate this? Um, Carson Wentz getting the start over Chase Daniel. You gotta understand they're coming. They're losing their starting quarterback. This is it's a big move for a, a young dude coming off a team that's been dominant. I mean, he's experienced. He's got championship like pedigree under under his belt. NDS has won five in a row, I think four in a row, something like that. FCS and uh, I, I think I like. I think I like it. I don't love it, 
but I mean, I don't hate it. Oh, here, I'll, like, where I'm coming from is, I don't know if I'd want to start the rookie, uh, like, first week right off the bat, especially against the, I mean, I guess the Browns, I could see it, but if it was against any other team, probably not. That is uh, true. Preseason, pretty fast, and then when you switch from preseason to regular season games, uh, the game speeds up that much more faster, because guys are 100% going all out, every down, trying to make plays to win the game, so, uh... I think I would start Chase Daniel just uh, until Carson Wentz gets a little bit more experience, but that's just me. Nick, what about you? Um, I completely, I completely agree with you. I think that since they signed Chase Daniels, they gave him a couple million this year. Uh, I think he needs to be the starter. Don't throw the rookie out uh, to dry right away. It's kind of weird, you know, uh, Doug Peterson being their new head coach, who is the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. Obviously, he worked with Chase Daniels and really wanted him um, on that team. I think that you got to start Chase uh, for at least it, at least until they're not competitive anymore. Let Carson carry the clipboard for a little bit. Um, but also, um, in talking about the quarterback situation overall, I think that Philadelphia made a made a solid move in acquiring enough for Bradford. Uh, but I feel like you have to give Chase Daniel the starting position here, um, and you know let him let Carson carry the clipboard. We it feel it felt like more more and more rookie quarterbacks get rushed into a starting position. Their uh, careers are failures. Exactly. Um, you know, Manziel maybe should have sat a little longer, like a full year. Uh, you know, felt like golf. You know, I, I don't know what situation he was Brandon Whedon, be in. my man. Yeah, exactly, Brandon, Brandon Whedon, you know. I mean, I know he was old, but at the same time, still, he was just coming out of college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at what happened with things like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, there are some Peyton Mannings. There are some guys out there who are successful right off the bat. Matthew Stafford, obviously, but... You know, I, I don't like the Carson Wentz starter. What about you, Kev? For me, I've never really been high on Wentz at all. I mean, maybe it's just because I never really got to see him play or never really cared to see him play. But I think you go with Chase Daniel. He did a really good job for the Chiefs in the backup role and coming in when he needed to. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think you throw him out there in week one. All right, so... The other quarterback situation we've actually got—it's really interesting in Dallas. They've got a completely, oh, yeah, complete rookie backfield with Ezekiel Elliott, the starting running back, and they just uh, announced that Dak Prescott will get the start uh, because Tony Romo, Tony Romo is glass. Yes, over Sanchez. I would hundred percent start him over <laughs> Sanchez. Sanchez was cut from Denver yes. at like twelve thirty and was signed in Dallas at like twelve thirty-five. That's <laughs> that's impressive. They just wanted like another option. Uh, but I'm sure Dak Prescott will get the nod. Uh, do you guys love or hate the Dak Prescott? Because I'm, I haven't been a fan of like the rookies, but I I love Dak Prescott. I've seen what he did in the preseason. He looked really really good. He looks like he's he's ready to roll. I'm gonna say I love it. I mean, the dude played extremely well at Mississippi State, right? Yes. And I mean, he he came in had a crazy crazy talented preseason. Super high QBR and I think zero interceptions. I mean, granted, preseason doesn't mean a lot unless you're the Vikings, but whatever. Um, I mean, I, I I love it. I think he's gonna do extremely well. Um, I I know I just kind of threw a bunch of uh, shade at the rookie quarterback starting in, but I do like this. Uh, for the reason is it's a different situation. You, we saw this last year when Romo got hurt. They tried to play ultra conservative and play to to try to get to 500 record while he was away. Trying to get back, they used Kellen Moore and uh, who were some of the other quarterbacks they used? Brandon Whedon for a few games, which yep. uh, they didn't like 
And I don't know why, because he... He's there was one game where he had, like, three incomplete passes, but he didn't have any touchdowns. So. Exactly. They're they're being conservative, and I think Dak Prescott is a move that says, you know, we're not going to be conservative. If Tony's out 10 weeks, so be it. If he's out six weeks, then great. We're going to be high octane. We're going to run with this. We're going to run the ball binder offensive line, and we're going to throw Dak. We're going to throw him rolling out of the pocket trying to find Dez. I think that they're attacking the NFC uh, East, and that's what they need to do. Um, what about you, Kev? I feel the same way as you. Um, I really want to see Dak Prescott out there. There's so much hype behind him, and I really just want to see what he can do in an actual game. And, you know, that it's a different situation, like you said. Um, you know, your other option is Mark Sanchez. Like, with the Eagles, you got Chase Daniel. He's pretty, I mean, established, like, solid guy. But Mark Sanchez, nah, I'd rather have Dak Prescott, you know, it's get people excited as well. I mean, I've heard a lot of Cowboys fans that I know personally that are, you know, excited to see him play. He's also got weapons to throw to. He's got Des Bryant, uh, Jason Witten. You can't forget about uh, Terrence Williams either. Exactly. Uh, so he's not on a bad team. He's got a great offensive line, so we're going to see how that goes. Do you guys, if you are in charge of the Cowboys, do you guys get rid of Tony Romo? Because the man is glass. He's made of glass at this point. Um, each season he gets hurt over and over and over again to where, how many games did he play last year? Do you not guys a lot. Know? Not a lot. I'd say four. Four or something like that. It didn't. It didn't matter after he got hurt, to be completely honest. Uh, so, do you guys drop Tony Romo? Do you get rid of this fragile man? I mean, whatever they do, they're still paying him for him. I mean, signed <laughs> to a big extension. I mean, the issue is, I, 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 there, I don't think there is an issue actually. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't cut him. You don't cut him. I mean, worst, worst case. Is that Dak goes back to wherever he was at backup, most likely. Sanchez goes back into the team carousel. What if What if Dak Prescott is has, actually has like a lot of success? Like he's uh, one of the guys. Yeah, that I guess that's the other. It's the backup that takes over the starting job because he gets the shot. I mean, same thing happened with Teddy Bridgewater. Same thing could happen with Dak Prescott. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I think I mean, that. If, if Dak has a lot of success, they're just going to commit to him long-term, make him carry the clipboard, probably shorten Tony's career uh, in Dallas or overall. For But I, I feel like the extension, the money, and also just it's kind of an image issue too. Jerry Jones is committed time and time again to Tony Romo. They're going to they're gonna give Dak the clipboard for maybe a season or two um, and then hope he can take over the franchise after that. We all, we all remember when Johnny Manziel was wanting to be the backup, and Jerry Jones thought about taking him. Uh, it would have been crazy how different careers and franchise would have been altered if Johnny was possibly the guy stepping in now. Wasn't a bad quarterback, just drunk, drank a lot. Just drank a lot, never saw a 16-game season. <clears throat> and I had a little blurb about Johnny. He just enrolled in classes. I thought that was one of the funnier n- headlines I read yesterday. Oh, is he doing online classes? Texana. Is he doing a women's study major? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. We've got a few games we want to preview basically with all of our teams. Um, Browns at the e- or Browns at the Eagles. So I'm going to start it off with uh, my team that had three wins last year. Uh, they're facing an Eagles team that is starting Carson Wentz, but they're also starting with Robert Griffin, and nobody knows how that's going to go. So uh, this is actually an interesting matchup, which I never thought I'd say with the Browns or the Eagles, but it'll be interesting to see. The Browns had a very unimpressive preseason uh, I do think the Eagles are probably going to pull off the victory. Uh, just Robert Griffin's got to get some real game experience under under his 
under his belt before they can actually start winning games. So I just hope that he targets Gronkowski or not Gronkowski. Barnard. Barnkowski. Barnard. Barnkowski. Uh, to uh, give me some fancy points, but that's kind of my take on that. Uh, both. What about what do you think about the Vikings Titans matchup? Well, we're going to that already. All right. Um, yes. Well, Vikings depth chart while released air quotations hasn't is not set. I mean. We talked about Bradford getting the start, but, I mean, nobody knows. Right now, Mike Zimmer's playing the cat and mouse between Sean Hill and... But I think they're looking at it like, this is one of the weaker opponents on our schedule. I mean, what really do we use this game for? I mean, if you think we can win, do we do we use it as a Bradford test or a Sean Hill test? I mean, maybe both. Do do they split reps? They're, they're splitting reps in practice for the week. Um, I guess for a prediction... Bias is going to come in, but, I mean, it's also a weak opponent, so I'm going to take the Vikings. I mean, not by a, a landslide, but I'll take them to cover the spread, the, the Vegas spread, whatever it happens to be. I think Marcus Mariota, I think he beats you guys. I think this is the rise of Mariota. I'm going to go out I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm not, loser I'm not e- loser eats crow next week. Do you, do you have DeMarco Murray, right? I do not. In no, Tennessee. I meant, like, on Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. DeMarco and Derrick Henry to punch it in from yes. the goal line. Uh, yeah, they're an interesting team. Um, you want to move to the Chiefs game? Uh, I'll let Kev start that off. Chiefs versus San Diego. Who you got? Well, it's not. It, it's a tough one. Pretty injury uh, ridden right now, but Jamal Charles out for Week One, correct? Jamal Charles, Houston's out. Mm-hmm. We got Barry with little practice reps, but I feel like he's kind of a natural at this point. Uh, but still, things could be. Could change. Joey Bosa hasn't practiced in pads yet uh, for the San Diego. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Joey Bosa is one of the guys you got to worry about, though. Uh, the Chargers struggled last year. They were injury-ridden, uh, much like the Ravens. The Ravens could have been a much better team last year, but uh, had so many injuries. I think Chargers are a team to be afraid of, but I do think the Chiefs are also, just based on what they've done. They've still got like they've got West at running back, even though Jamal Charles is out, so... West has been battling with an elbow injury. I think Ware is going to be the starter. Ware is like predicted to be a pretty, pretty decent little starter. Uh, for the meantime, for all any of you fantasy gurus out there, keep an eye on Spencer Ware. Um, Chargers used twenty four different combinations at offensive line last year. They were really, they were really messed up on the O line. I feel like the Chiefs get an easy win. Uh, don't read too much into it if it's close. I, I think the Chargers are kind of a dumpster fire, with the exception of I think Philip Rivers is one of the scariest men in football because he just gets pissed off so much and wills his team. Yeah. I've, I've never seen a quarterback that mad. This guy is like has like a linebacker <laughs> mentality, and it scares the crap out of me. I don't like it. And also, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon. They have Keenan Allen. They have some Allen, weapons. Yeah. They have weapons. Th- uh, I'll take Chiefs as well. It's gonna be an, it's gonna be an interesting one. Um, but we're gonna talk about the uh, Thursday night game, Super Bowl rematch, first time in Week One since I think nineteen seventy nine. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Broncos not with Peyton Manning. Gonna roll with Trevor Simeon. Uh, what do you guys think? I I feel like this is going to be an overly consensus Panthers pick. Is a is is um, anybody have thoughts on this? I'm just gonna I'll just start out with a little bit of coach talk. So did you hear about the whole Ron Rivera not happy with playing Thursday night? He doesn't get the same amount of practice time and yeah blah blah blah. But I just think that's a bunch of crap. I mean. It's, it's, old this school, is, it's old school coach mentality. The NFL is a money league, and this is how they're going to make the money. They 
big game Thursday night, huge, huge overnight attend or huge overnight polls on on for viewership at least. I mean, exactly. This Bumble is a power move from the NFL, and I mean, I like it. Yeah, if you're a fan, don't you love? Does yeah. anybody hate watching their team in prime time? Yeah, is that, is that I just mean, like, I just uh, think it's funny that Rivera has an issue with it. I mean, I hated watching the Browns in prime time. <laughs> I think the Browns hate watching the Browns. Yeah, prime the Browns. Yeah, the Browns hate watching the Browns in prime time for sure. But uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a consensus Panthers pick. Uh, nobody really knows how the Broncos are going to be. Um, their defense will probably still be decent. I don't think they're going to be what they were last year. And uh, the Panthers didn't really lose much. They did lose Josh Norman on defense, but Josh Norman isn't all he's like made out to be. He's not that good. In my eyes, so yeah, I think the Panthers win this by a sizable margin. You got Kelvin back, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin. They've back. got Kelvin Benjamin back. Um, they've got a big receiving core. Uh, Devin Funches, Devin Funches is just as big as Kelvin Benjamin. So I don't know who you got, Kev. Uh, I got the Panthers in this one. Um, really excited to watch both teams. I'm excited to see if Paxton Lynch gets reps and if and if he does, when they're gonna be. You know how long they roll with. Whatever that dude's name is, I don't even know him. But I think the Panthers are going to be, you know, getting revenge for the Super Bowl, and I'd pick them by yeah, at least a couple scores. What about you, Nick? Uh, Panthers by several scores. Uh, I think that Kev's on to something interesting about if we see Paxton Lynch or not. Um, uh, we're not at training camp, is he looked better than expected? But Trevor Simeon apparently is just killing it. I yeah. Guess. So. so it's it, be it is a completely different like they they changed the offense completely but now that they're not Manning though right yeah they're gonna be a little bit more run heavy yeah CJ Anderson I think he's gonna be a stud this year uh, and then also uh, I don't know ESPN keeps having me think that Vaughn Miller does everything in the world so <laughs> we're gonna we're he, just, hey he had a really cool was it was it a podcast yesterday was he on a podcast I don't know what it was but. He's a funny, marketable guy. Yeah, I, mean, I would admit that. His Madden commercial is pretty funny. His Madden commercial is funny. If uh, if you follow, if any of you listeners out there follow him on Twitter, uh, you should find his tweet when he signed his big extension. He posted <laughs> the Harry Maguire scene where, and then has Elway's face over the Maguire when he screams, "I love black people." So it, it's good. He's a funny dude, but I don't know if he can do it all this year. And uh, nobody's really expecting him to. I'm not. I'm not taking a lot of hype around the Broncos going back to back. I just don't see. No, it. not at all. I don't see it either. The AFC is too talented, especially even their division. The uh, the Raiders are scary. Raiders the Chiefs are always scary. a team to be reckoned with. So um, to uh, to wrap up our NFL segment, we are going to uh, either pick apart or just compliment how good this uh, fancy team is. We had this one sent in. So uh, let me read the starting lineup. It is a two-quarterback, three-wide receiver type league, so it's a little bit different from ours. But his two starting quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Jameis Winston. Then for wide receivers, he's got uh, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, and Sterling Shepard. Then for running backs, he actually picked up Spencer Ware very recently and moved him into a starting lineup. Then he's got Eddie Lacy. His tight end is Dwayne Allen from the Colts. His defense is Kansas City, and his kicker is Bryant. So, um, what do you guys think of that starting lineup? Uh, his bench is also, he's got Jonathan Stewart on his bench, Jared Goff, uh, Torrey Smith. He dropped J.I.J.I. for Ware, um, Sammy Coates, uh, Rashard Matthews, and Jamal Charles is obviously out, as we talked about earlier. Uh, what do you guys think about that lineup? Uh, Nick, I know you're the guy that 
can usually look at a team, kind of pick it apart. Uh, I don't know if I really like his running back starting lineup. I feel like he should move Jonathan Stewart into the starting lineup. I know Spencer Ware's a good pickup, but uh, you do have Jonathan Stewart, and he was pretty reliable last year. And uh, Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy's gonna have a better year. Um, is there anything you guys are seeing that uh, you don't like about the team? I'll just say he's got a solid quarterback, starting quarterback lineup. He does. That's who I got on my fantasy team. And Jameis Winston is, while he's not gonna start on many fantasy teams, he's he's gonna have a big season, fantasy wise at least for yeah. me. That's that's just a bold prediction. He has a lot of weapons. Yeah, James I mean, is good. like, yeah, I'm not gonna say he's gonna just bounce into the starting lineups week two, but I feel like he's gonna have a few weeks where people are gonna think about dropping him in, me included. To be honest, the only thing that I really uh, don't like about the team is maybe the tight end spot. I don't know how I feel about Dwayne Allen. Uh, I don't know if that was maybe the best available, and. What, that was what he could get, but uh, that's something he could look to improve. Uh, I don't think that Jared Goff is really. I mean, I guess he's a good player to keep on the bench, but he's not. He's really unproven. He's unproven, and uh, we don't know how he's going to be. He doesn't really have any receivers to throw to. He's got Taylor Austin to hand <coughs> on like an end around. But mm-hmm. I think in a two quarterback league, though, Jared Goff's a solid second one, solid third quarterback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, everyone's taking three quarterbacks. Yeah, depth will definitely be an issue, especially. I'm, I'm glad ours isn't two quarterbacks because yeah, no it's really easy to kind of dip in and out of freight and see if you need a QB then. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with your point, Devin, that he should start uh, Jonathan Stewart. Um, Spencer Ware, though, if he's betting on a big week one, that I will admit this. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is going up against a far better defense in the che- in the in the um, the, the Broncos and the Chiefs are against San Diego. Um, that's uh, It's a value pick. I think Jonathan Stewart's the better player, but I think Spencer Ware is the better D. Um, I love the Torrey Smith on the bench. Um, Torrey Smith is the number one wide receiver, and the only reason he's not going higher mostly is because he's on the, the Niners, who are going to be a garbage fire this year. But he's in a Chip Kelly offense. Kelly's going to find a way to get him the ball. I think he gets seven or eight scores this year. I've been trying to pick him up in most of my leagues. I like that. Uh, Jamal Charles repping on his bench, going to be out one week, hopefully not too long. He's grabbed the handcuff in, in Spencer Ware. I think this is a solid lineup. Also, Sterling Shepard, a dark horse, going to be possibly opposite OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look, looked at that like weird yeah. at first, but then I kind of thought about it more and more, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually really, really like good. That. That's probably my favorite. Depending on where he got him, which I'm assuming is yeah, deep. pretty yeah. late, that's a pretty good pick. I wish I would have had him in some of my leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't need him, so. Yeah, the Giants oh, got All right, all right, Kev. Giants got <laughs> I don't want to hear it, kid. <laughs> we love to t- talk trash on each other's fantasy. Uh, you'll definitely be getting that more and more as we go throughout the season, uh, especially when we start playing each other. We know Bolf has a big matchup against his former roommate this <laughs> weekend. Uh, Bolf, you want to talk a little trash on who you. What do you think is going to happen this I, weekend? I do want to add before we talk, or before we, like, Get what going with this that this is the uh, the title rematch from last year. Yes, it really and that is. Both one freaking one kicks. with a kicker. His kicker got like what twenty some points, almost thirty. Yeah, and the other guy, Trey, poor Trey, he only scored like 
60. Seven, yeah, 60 or 70 seven, points. So yeah. Done. Not, I mean, I'm not going to take it. Oh. Give, give a shout out to Trey. Give a shout out to him right now. <laughs> Maybe a little. Okay, fine. What you, Trey, what you, Trey can have a tiny shout out. Shout out. Um, no, I mean, it'll be tight. Hulk Hogan him right now. No. <laughs> I want to rest up. I I don't agree with his his trading tactics. I mean, it's already it's already made one one poor decision. Well, okay, not poor for not, him. Not poor poor for the him. Other it's a terrible move from the other kid, from Lutzi. But uh, I don't know. I'll take me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty dent. Oh, you'll confident. take you. You'll take you. Yeah. You hear that, Trey? Yeah. Both says he takes himself. Over you. It's gonna be going tight, though. Down. It's gonna be tight. Okay. It's gonna be big. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give a. Uh, I'm gonna give a. A shout a, out. A quali- one quality player from each to see, or or like maybe one big bust or something. I don't know. I think. I don't think Philip Rivers is gonna have a big day. I think I'm gonna win on a quarterback basis. I think Marcus Peters is gonna take him for two interceptions and bear. Yeah, he, his his starting QB is Philip Rivers. Um. We just wanted to wrap that segment by saying thank you to the listener uh, who sent in his fantasy lineup. Um, if you want your fantasy lineup sent, sent in, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, uh, throw it in the DMs, uh, along with a special message. If you, <laughs> tell, us what you like, tell us what you like about the show. Um, maybe give us some critiques. Uh, we critique your fantasy lineup. We want you to critique our, our show. Um, my Twitter is... Let's see. Let me pull at, this up here. At at Nick underscore Ost N I C K underscore O S T. Dev, you want to throw yours out there? At D Herb thirty five D H E R B thirty five. All right, we're moving on from NFL to the recap of probably the greatest NCAA kickoff week of all time. This, this was like they said it was they promoted it as the best kickoff week and it really was it was so entertaining i could not take my eye off the tv at any time whatsoever but uh it was lit. i'm just going to read down the uh, the championship drive like all the teams of interest uh, all those scores so louisville whooped charlottesville or sh- whooped up on charlottesville is that who they played charlotte Charlotte. That was a good game. Charlotte. Good game. Jesus. No, well, I mean, it was not a good <laughs> game, but it was fun to watch. Uh, yeah, fun to watch. And I said, feel free, feel Lamar free to Jackson. stop me if you guys got stuff to add, like, uh, like well, I mean, any of the games. Lamar or what is it, Lamar Jackson? Right? Yeah, Lamar Jackson. I mean, eight touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> One of the games I did not watch. All purpose touchdown? Are you kidding me? That's r- ridiculous. Seventy to forty or seventy to forty. Seventy to fourteen, Louisville. Uh, Appalachian State almost repeated what they did to my team, oh, Michigan, man. nine years ago. Uh, lost to Tennessee 20-13 to in OT. What did you guys think about Tennessee? They were really, really hyped going into the season. We were pretty high up on, on them when we were talking about them. And they almost lost to Appalachian State. What do you guys think? Uh, I thought that their offense was very, very stagnant. Yeah. Um, App State, though, knows how to put his program together with smaller, uh, smaller guys. Uh, under-recruited guys. Uh, they had a lot of seniors on that team. How about that Josh Dobson hit, though? They ultimately put the fumble in the end zone. They got it. Yeah. That hit kills like 80% of college college athletes. <laughs> that was a hit. If you guys haven't seen that, go, go Google it. Appalachian State, Tennessee, overtime hit. Incredible play. Just sound fundamental tackling. They ended up with a Tennessee victory. Uh, really interesting, but yeah, App State, man. They nobody. No, you don't want to schedule North Dakota State. You don't want to schedule App State. I agree yeah. completely. Yeah. 
Moving on, Michigan State kind of struggled, but they did pull off the victory 28-13 to against Furman. Uh, didn't watch that game. I don't think it was even really televised on any of the big networks, but they yeah. were like tied with them at one point. It was... Furman Paladins. Yeah, awesome almost, name. Almost made me happy because I don't like Michigan State. Um, <sighs> Baylor uh, winning their game handily. Uh, the game of interest for us, uh, Kansas State-Stanford. Stanford wins 28-13, to or 26-13, to I'm sorry. Uh, it was a lot closer than 13 points, though, and yeah. K-State really did play a very, very good game on defense. I will say on defense. Yeah. On offense, they looked, I don't want to say pathetic, but at the same time, first and goal, inside, like, obviously inside yeah. your opponent's 10, top 10 team, you got to punch that in. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to let... That's a strong word, pathetic, right there. Yeah, it was. It was. I think we just have our typical offensive woes. Not as pathetic as some of those no calls on the past. Yeah, it's true. I I I, Big Twelve ref crew. We're not. I I don't. I don't believe too much in complaining, especially over audio. But I would encourage our our listeners go Google that, and I want you to decide. I want you to decide. Sit down with pen and paper and write. Was this pass interference? (laughs) And uh, but I I think we should let Kev sound off on this. Our good friend Kevin Herb for joining us tonight. Big K State fan. I know he would have some thoughts on the game. Kev, how's K-State looking so far? Um, as a fan of the Wildcats for my whole life, going into this game, I was, I was pretty confident but also really scared um, for the whole McCaffrey show. But besides like two or three big plays, and I think our defense did a really good job in shutting him down. Um, got a lot of young guys out there playing. Mm-hmm. I think it was like nine freshmen or sophomores starting or at least getting into the game. And a lot of those guys impressed me. Um, Isaiah Zuber is one of them. Uh, caught a touchdown pass. But as for the offense, it's it was uh, it was pretty boring to watch them, and they didn't really, you know, Jesse Ertz didn't really do as much as I thought he would. But it's also his first collegiate game. Well, not really. I mean, he his first one play last year. the first game he actually threw a pass in. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's gonna get better and. Yeah, development, developmental. For, for me, it was weird to not see the quarterback run so much for right. K State. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, they run a lot of that inverted veer. You got like the commentators are always co- like complimenting them on how patient they are, and it's just part of like the read. Right. They just wait so long, and before, like the defense has to go, and then the quarterback just takes off. But um, they abandoned the read option, which was. But I, I do think yeah. uh, Ertz is like just kind of a pocket passer instead of one of these tough quarterbacks that we always get that probably aren't actually like throwing people but mm-hmm. uh, um yeah Dante Barnett how impressive was he yeah. uh senior fifth year senior got her last year medical redshirting this year he was in the backfield constantly um I think I feel like we got several all big 12 defenders on this team with exception to a few plays you guys really did hold McCaffrey to mm-hmm. like contain like a you guys contained him except for like a few big runs and that pump return they got called back but I mean that that shouldn't have happened in the first place you guys had like four guys on him and he somehow wiggled his way out of that yeah um I always love watching early in the college season to see how terrible the tackling is it is atrocious the first couple weeks in college there was uh, there was quite a few special teams touchdowns this week too oh yeah Guys, guys they, they throw their bodies at them, and they're just like, you know, if I hit him, it's 100 miles an hour. hit him hard enough, he'll just fall. <laughs> I know. Fall back, like the tree. Back to your point, Nick, about um, early in the season, 
Um, you like this is probably the most confident I've been in the K State defense since <laughs> Arthur Brown, like 2012. Mm. Like usually we start out kind of shaky, like guys are, you know, starting to come up. But these guys, you know, you got Dante Barnett, obviously the leader of the defense. Um, I think is it sixth year now or fifth? I'm not sure, but he's been here forever. But Elijah Lee, he's a guy that I think is going to have a breakout year this year. Um, led the team with 12 tackles in the game, and the dude's just a freak. He's like, what, 6'4", 2-something. He he's is. got NFL size. I think he's going to be in the league eventually. Hopefully not after this season, as he's only a junior. Mm-hmm. But another thing I wanted to talk about was why Alex Delton didn't get into the game <laughs> as the backup quarterback. I mean, I know you want like experience out there, but... There comes a time when we need to quit putting Joe Hubner on the field, and I'm just sick and tired of watching it. <laughs> like, first, well, I mean, you put him in there, I literally called an interception. Throws yeah. a, just throws a duck out there. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say. You can't sound off on Joe. He's just too much of a. He let just, it fly. He let it fly, and it. I mean, flew in the wrong could, hands. You can, you can say his two, his two interceptions are might be the turning point in that game. Uh, I don't yeah. think they score off I mean, of them, but yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, yeah. those are big momentum gains and shifts. and I mean, also, also, if we don't step out of bounds on the <clears throat> interception return and score that, that's huge. Yeah, that would have been a big play. Uh, get some momentum. Uh, besides K-State, what did you guys think about Stanford? I know you, you probably weren't like watching them too closely, but you guys, what do you guys think of the eight-ranked Stanford Cardinal? Like, how did they look to you guys? A new, brand new quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. But uh, how did the new quarterback look to you guys? Uh, the defense, I don't know if we can really even rate the defense very well. Or, like the offense was just too too poor. I mean, I their their quarterback came in. Uh, what's his name? Um, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, Keller. I don't think Keller. There was Chris did start. He came in. He came in, but their starting QB. He came out with. Yeah. Solid plays. I mean, they they talked about starting the uh, the younger guy over over more experience, and I think it paid off. I mean, they started well. I think that this game was terrible for the Pac-12. Uh, they didn't look like the number eight team in the nation. Uh, as a K-State fan, I'd love to say that we got beat by a, a, a top five or a top ten team. I don't think that happened. I don't think that they're going to be near close to their ranking at the end of the year. We're going to talk about another Pac-12 team, USC, in a second here. But they really, they were supposed to represent this conference. And as a Big 12, as, as somebody who's, I don't represent conferences too much, but I'm really tired of hearing the Big 12 get absolutely knocked around in the media for not being representative at the end of the year, but when we get bowl wins, the Pac-12 looks bad. The Pac-12 looks pathetic. If they if, usually have one of the worst record, records, don't they? Yes. Um, real quick, Stanford moved up a rank. Like yeah, that's seven. I know the AP poll is a little weak. I mean, you got to think though. Two, two, but two top five. No, I understand. Blocks. I'm just, I, I just wanted to keep a quick little blurb. They Good just moved. Us. They moved. They moved yeah. up in a. They moved up in a rank. Yeah, with USC and UCLA going down, um, Oregon can Oregon step up for this conference? Um, uh, it's obviously not USC. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year for the Pac-12. Um, I'm really tired of this conference. To be honest, I think this this is a conference built on media markets in Los Angeles, Denver, Arizona, place like that. This is a coverage conference. This isn't an actual sports conference. It's pathetic. 
All right, moving on to some other scores. Uh, I do want to add that Ohio State, Michigan, and Oklahoma State all handled their, their games by almost 60, if not 60 points. So uh, good for me and Nick. Not really too, a whole lot we can say about our teams that we like because they played no no like no like name teams. And uh, uh, there's just not a lot to add there. Uh, moving on, I do want to talk a lot about the Oklahoma-Houston game. Uh, I do want to compliment Houston. Oklahoma came out first drive, punched him in the mouth. What does Houston do? They come out their first drive, punch back. Uh, this was a great college football game to watch. If you guys didn't watch it, uh, I feel bad for you because this was one of the best games of the week. Uh, and it was to start off the season. Uh, Houston winning 33-23. to We all three actually picked Houston, too. And our pickums from last week. Uh, what did you guys think about Houston? I think they. What did they move up to in the rankings? Like seven, eight, something like that. After this one, uh, they're number six. Six. Okay. And uh, Oklahoma's run game to me looks stagnant after the first quarter. Uh, what was your guys' opinion on that? Um, that Houston defense is swarming, and they had the it, it, uh, the whoever was covering the game had some interesting graphics about. Uh, where, where Houston got its recruits, and if you don't count the uh, any miles of Houston's recruits that they got in Houston, then they've only went 32 miles uh, in recruiting total for their starters. It's incredible the amount of talent that these guys have. They aren't a far cry from the, the Big 12 talent, especially OU, who we see get four or five stars every year. Um, P. Ryan was shut down. And he got hit was really hard down. and got taken out of the game, too. So um, uh, you're talking about recruits, and Houston also had that uh, that five-star recruit, which is like the first one in school history. He was running all over the field. He was chasing Baker. May- Baker Mayfield is going to have nightmares about that guy because anywhere Baker Baker Mayfield tried to make a play, that guy was following him around everywhere. I don't remember what his name was, but uh, he's number 10 on Houston. Um, moving on, unless you guys have any more thoughts about that game, we'll move on. Uh Washington whooped up on Rutgers, 48-13. Uh, Iowa didn't look too bad against Miami of Ohio. Uh, then we've got another pick'em game that went into overtime. We had UCLA, Texas A&M. Texas A&M pulls off the upset, I guess you will. It's big for Kevin Sumlin. Uh, he's been in some turmoil this offseason. So uh, what did you guys think about UCLA? I, didn't, I wasn't very impressed with them, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah, Josh Rosen's supposed to be like a top pick whenever he comes out, and... Didn't necessarily look like it. Um, shout out to Texas A&M, though. I mean, some, like like you said, someone was in turmoil. His seat was kind of hot. Trevor Knight looked bad in the first half. Yes, he did. He did not look good. As a K-State fan who he missed out on uh, on coming uh, coming over to play for us, uh, I wasn't I wasn't too upset in the first half that he uh, chose to go to A&M. But, um, yeah, good for, uh, good for Kevin Sutherland. Uh, the SEC, had they not won this game... Uh, they end up sub five hundred for the uh, for the first week, which would have been melted down. I think Paul Feinbaum would have, would have quit his show. Uh, so yeah, anybody else get any thoughts on UCLA? Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about Josh Rosen a little bit more. Um, to me, he still looks a little immature out on the field. You know, with his decision making. You know, there was one time when I was watching, he was like getting sacked and threw the ball away as he was like going to the ground. They picked it off. Another time, he came out, taunted 
the A&M crowd, which is probably something you don't want to do because they're <laughs> one of the better crowds in college football. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with the 12th man. Pretty sure he f- either fumbles or throws a pick right after he taunts him. So, I mean, he's still got some issues through three picks. Cool. He's got the talent, but maturity, I don't think he's there yet. You can't, you can't be throwing uh, three picks against quality Pac-12 teams, so it's hopefully something he fixes, I guess. Um, moving on to the game at Lambeau Field. This one was a very, very good game. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of opinions about the uh, the really, really late hit uh, after Wisconsin's interception that sealed the deal. They ended up winning 16-14. to uh, LSU dropped way down in the rankings for this. Les Miles' seat got hot again. He survived the hot seat last year, but... Um, he, if the season's looking the same as last year, and this it might not be good for Les Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Harris did not look good at all. That's something that they needed to fix in the off season. They need a quarterback to actually be able to make plays because Leonard Fournette, a good player, uh, he can't do it all. It's a team game. You're not going to be able to uh, carry a team to victory like that. It's just too much. And Wisconsin's defense was great. It was. Shut Fournette down. Uh, 138 yards rushing, uh, zero touchdowns. Um, we talked a little bit about McCaffrey earlier. The early Heisman favorites not showing up in week one overall. Yeah, struggling. Yeah. Um, zero touchdowns for Fournette. He had like 168 total yards. I, know, I think McCaffrey had over that, uh, but uh, McCaffrey didn't impress. And to be honest, when that happened Friday night, I was like, oh, McCaffrey's going to start out. Uh, down in the standings, but I think it's kind of a dead heap to the bottom right now. Um, yeah, good for Wisconsin. Uh, hell of a hell of a crowd there at Lambeau, and LSU looked not like the number five team. Yeah, they looked very very overrated, and um, I don't know, man. Uh, it, I'm pretty happy, but at the same time, I'm a little bit worried because six SEC teams lost this week or something like that. Uh, so I'm kind of concerned that we're, all we're going to hear about is how the SEC, the downfall of the SEC this year, rather than cover all the other teams um, if the SEC continues to lose. I'm going to go ahead and move on. Uh, Oregon kind of handled their game. They won by like 15, something like that. I can't do math. 23, 25. It's 25 points. Sorry, guys. Uh, math's hard. Uh, then we're moving on to another pick game that we had. We had Georgia and North Carolina. Georgia took this 33-24. to I didn't watch a whole lot of the game, so I couldn't really give you too much. I thought that North Carolina's offense did look good. Um, George's defense just did a little bit better. And George's offense with uh, Chubb didn't look terrible either. Chubb had a decent performance. But Chubb I, went a ham. Yeah. He had 200, 222 yards and two TDs on 32 carries. That's, that's pretty huge. Um, Florida won their game. Uh, Alabama absolutely dismantled and ended USC's hopes of Anything. I think USC just wants to end the season now. Uh, they lost 52-6 to to Alabama. Uh, we predicted like 28-point win for Alabama. I, I didn't want to think that Alabama could actually absolutely dismantle USC. But maybe USC was a little bit overhyped, even at number 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, Alabama looks like it's doing Alabama thing. Um, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts. Uh, Freshman, true freshman quarterback. Four true freshman quarterbacks getting big wins this week one. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We Kevin talked about Josh Rosen. I mean, I don't think that the quality of 
quarterback has been the same coming out of out of college, uh, the upperclassmen these last few years. Maybe this freshman class in two years, two or three years can change that. Uh, but um, yeah, good for um, uh, Alabama. Moving on from that game, we've got uh, TCU South Dakota State. TCU actually struggled with this one for a while, but did pull away at the very end. Um, they're going to be just a normal TCU. I think it was kind of a first game, kind of shake the cobwebs out. Cobwebs out. Um, first new quarterback in, yeah. what, three or four years? Something like that. He's got to get used to the game. But uh, I think they're still going to be good. Clemson versus Auburn. This was actually a really good game, too. I didn't think it was going to be quite so close. Uh, Clemson did pull off the win like a number two team should in a tough environment in, at Auburn. Uh, they won 19-13. to What did you guys think of Deshaun Watson? Did he look like a Heisman winner, like the best quarterback in the nation? Underperformed, I think. Uh, once again, another Heisman candidate, not looking so great at the gate. Dabo Sweeney had terrible clock management there at the end. Uh, they get to a fourth, and, I want to say it's like a third and ten. They run the ball, end up with a fourth and four. They're not quite in field goal range. They're on their, their opponent's side of the 50. So they decide to, to run the ball on fourth and four, and they get stopped. And I feel like at that point... Uh, you you got to punt the ball at least. Maybe if you even get it 20 yards. He could have kicked it in the end zone, and they would have started with 25 yards worse field position than they had. That ended up with Auburn uh, down six. Two chances to put the ball in the end zone uh, at the end of the game to try to win. Didn't come up the, their way, but this was... This has to be concerning to some Clemson fans. I don't think that they'll see a challenge uh, until Florida State, but uh, this wasn't great. If you, if you think that, you know, now you have to have face two possible SEC or Big Ten opponents. I mean, do you think it was playoff. not great for Clemson, or do you think that the Auburn's maybe just in one of those years that they're going to come back up on the rise I don't just feel, like Auburn does? I don't feel like Auburn is better than Michigan, Ohio State, and Bama, and I think the Clemson faithful won a championship. Oh, I, th- I don't think they're looking for the a- ACC championship. They won a national, yeah. and I don't think that they're at the level right now. We'll have to see as the, as the year goes on whether or not the team improves. Uh, the last two games I really want to talk about in depth, Notre Dame-Texas, this one was a thriller of a game. Uh, Texas winning in double overtime, 50-47 to over Notre Dame. Uh, their true freshman quarterback, uh, Buscelli, looked incredible. Uh, did not look flustered at all. He had to drive down the field uh, late in the game to keep Texas in it and not only did he make the plays, but he was relaxed, calm. He didn't have any like panic in his eyes or anything like that, which is something that a lot of Notre or not Notre Dame, a lot of true freshman quarterbacks may have against a top ten opponent like Notre Dame. And Notre Dame wasn't bad either. This was it. This was a huge game for Texas. It was a huge game for the Big Twelve. Uh, we talked a little bit last week that possibly the two quarterback system. Might come back and haunt Notre Dame. They quit the two-quarterback system after the first quarter. Malik Zaire only getting five pass attempts. They rolled with Deshaun Kaiser uh, after the first quarter and on, who ended up with 15 out of 24, 215 yards, and five TDs. Uh, I, think they fe- I think they ended their quarterback debate. It's going to be Kaiser the rest of the way. And as for Texas, like you said, uh, Bouchelle slinging the rock down the field and swoops figure, uh, finishing it off in that 18-wheeler package. Texas could be back. And I know the defense let up 47 points, 
But 47 points to Notre Dame in the Big 12. Kaiser's not a, like a bad quarterback. So I no, Honestly, is. and that's going to be a lot of what the Big 12 is, is going to be shootouts because it's tough to prepare against all the different looks that you're going to see. So and If Texas has found a way to punch in the red zone every time with swoops, yeah. you know, they're dangerous. Uh, did swoops even attempt a pass? Uh, let me check that real quick. Because for you. It, I, I want to say they didn't, and if he didn't, that's one thing that would worry me about the eighteen wheeler. If he comes into the game, I'm stacking the box up. I'm gonna play man to man on the outside, and I'm gonna stack the box up and not let him run. He attempted one and was zero for one. Uh, other than that, he had thirteen carries, fifty three yards, and three touchdowns. So he, yeah, that's. I feel like they might throw in a jump pass every once in a while, but you can confidently put seven, eight guys in the yeah, box against Swoopies. That's something they're going to have to figure out uh, as the season rolls on because people are obviously going to start keying on that. Is uh, Do you guys think Texas is back? Uh, they looked every bit as back as I wanted to be. If they could continue that, that's huge. We need, the, we need Texas to be great again. We need another powerhouse program because Oklahoma, this, I don't know, man, they didn't look great so we're it might be without like a powerhouse team this year the way it's looking exactly um texas i texas i think it's going to come down to the red river and then versus osu possibly we have to see what baylor uh and tcu have in the tank we don't know what those teams are for real yet that the, the coaching shakeup at baylor obviously taking a toll on them and tcu losing so many guys uh it's going to be interesting but uh texas looking looking good. I thought it would be just their basketball team on the rise, but Charlie Strong may have figured it out. And the the team lifting him up at the end was no ordinary celebration. I think those guys have bought in and they believe in him. Uh, so, Texas is going to be dangerous from here on out. I miss the days of K-State whooping up on him. Uh, I, you know, we could see we could see K-State lose to him for the third year in a row. I don't want to see it, but uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm glad it's here. Glad it's in yes. the Little Apple. Uh, any other thoughts on this Texas Notre Dame matchup, boys? All right, moving on, we've got Ole Miss Florida State. This one was a very very good game as well. Florida State actually struggling at the beginning and must have received one of the best halftime speeches ever from Jameis Winston. Yeah, from Jameis Winston. Uh, they ended up winning forty five to thirty four, but uh, I think early they were down what twenty eight thirteen something or not twenty eight thirteen twenty like twenty eight to six right before yeah, that square halftime. That was that freshman's first TD pass, and it probably was the TD pass to actually keep them in the game. If they don't get a touchdown on that last play, or that last drive of the first half, uh, the scoreboard looks a lot different, and it looks like it's a lot bigger mountain to climb. And I think they ended up getting the ball back, too, second half. So that was, like, it was just huge in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a really big hit on the play, but it was a nice job staying in the pocket, hitting the uh, the open open receiver over the middle, so... Yeah, Florida State scoring 33 unanswered, holding Ole Miss scoreless in the third quarter was big. Um, uh, Florida State's freshman bat, freshman quarterback, DeAndre Francois, I believe is yes, his last Francois. name. 33 of 52, 419 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Dalvin Cook was kind of uh, kind of held in check, 23 carries, 91 yards. Uh, how much... <laughs> How big of a blunder was it when he caught the ball on the outside and he drops it, exchanging it to his to, to his two hands, most likely to give the ref the ball when he scores, drops it on about the sixth. They don't score off of it. They get they get a field goal. And I believe at that point they, it was like 21-6. And Jimbo Fisher had to have been losing his mind at that point. Yeah, it was... Uh, 
definitely a play that could have costed them some, like could have costed them the game when you look at it. But uh, <clears throat> I don't. It, to me, Dalvin Cook still looks like a, I don't know, like a Heisman type guy. Obviously, like he, he obviously struggled, but uh, Ole Miss is no pushover. So uh, I don't think you could have expected Dalvin Cook to really put up huge numbers. Obviously, that fumble may put in like, I don't know, like. I'm not really worried about him. Some people may be, but I'm, I'm still big on Dalvin Cook and Florida State because uh, this quarterback remains to a, uh, or he continues to perform the way he did, then uh, Florida State's gonna have a really good shot at making the playoff because they have so much talent just around that guy. Um, any other thoughts? Yeah, I want to add um, Ricky Aguayo. I think his first name, the younger brother of. Aguayo guy that was really good in really good in college went six for six on field goals and three for three on extra points broke the school record for field goals in a game I think and so 21 points come from your kicker that's it's pretty solid I mean that you don't really look at that but that's almost half their points yeah his brother's kicking for Tampa Bay uh so his brother and Jameis Winston both at Tampa Bay Florida former Florida State greats there um, yeah, that was a very it was a very good game. Um, the SEC falling to seven and seven overall over the weekend, uh, looking a little bit weak. Um, also, like to hit up a uh, something for the listener to listen to. Go find Chad Kelly's rap song back in twenty twelve. <laughs> I advise everybody it everybody to listen to it, and I believe the picture is of him when he got thrown out of a Buffalo nightclub back in 2012, I believe, and it was when he uh, got arrested for disorderly conduct after he was thrown out of the nightclub and then told the bouncers he was coming back with an AK-47. My God. He has had a very checkered career. Uh, if you, some of you might not know, he was also kicked out of Clemson uh, initially because he screamed at the coaches for not going out on fourth down in a practice game. And then, uh, and then I believe he went to a JUCO college, and it was the JUCO college I, I think that is featured in the Netflix series Last Chance U. I've been hearing good things about it. If you're a big sports fan, check out that documentary series. I will be as well. Um, Chad Kelly, absolute insane man. Uh, Ole Miss's defense didn't look fantastic. They lost a lot of people, obviously, from last year. Um, their offense looked pretty good, so I don't think they have anything to worry about. I think Ole Miss is the team for Alabama to look out for this year. Yes. Uh, after seeing that, uh, Tennessee, just not impressive. Um, all the other SEC teams, obviously Mississippi State has got some things to work on. They lost to South Alabama, I believe. Clang. So, Clanged that field goal off. Um, even eeping out a victory over South Alabama is something to be concerned about when you play an SEC schedule. So um, that pretty much wraps up the uh, the recap of week one. This was a fantastic week of football. If you missed any of the games, like again, I feel bad for you. It was just incredible to watch. I'm so glad college football is back. But now we have some week two uh, predictions and stuff we want to get into. So let's get right into those. All right, moving on from the best week in college football history to a, uh, it's a tough, tough week to follow. It's not very impressive. Uh, Michigan plays UCF. Oklahoma State plays Central Michigan. K State's on by. Who does Ohio State play? Do they play like Ohio? I think it's a smaller team. Yeah, not very good teams there. But uh, we are going to move on to our pick 'em. Uh, before we do start, I do want to mention that 
uh, our pick'em results from last week were actually really good. Uh, I went five and four. Nick, you went six and three, and both you went eight and one, which is really surprising. So I'm the goat. We'll see if you can follow up on that. Add to your lead. You're up by two games, I guess. So, anyways, we're gonna start off with Washington State at Boise State. Um, both, who do you got in that game? Washington State versus Boise State. I'm yes. taking Boise State. I have really no other reason besides that they won their last game. Okay. Uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, whew. And that Kirk Schultz transferred to Washington State, so screw him. Uh, give me Boise State. Boise State? What about you, Kev? Um, I'm going to go Boise State as well. Boise State as well? Okay, that makes it a Boise State sweep. Uh, this one's obviously kind of a toss-up. We don't know about or much about either team. Boise State's just not the same as they were a couple years ago. Do they even have the same coach? No, Chris Peterson's at Washington Huskies. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that explains why Washington's good now. But uh, we're going to move on. Another kind of toss-up that we don't really know much about, uh, North Carolina State versus East Carolina. Both who do you got? Versus East Carolina versus who? North Carolina State versus Oh, wow. East this Carolina. Is, this is interesting. The Wolfpack versus um, the Pirates. Pirates. The Pirates. The Purple Pirates. Um, Purple I'm pretty Pirates. sure. I'm pretty sure East Carolina has the old Gopher quarterback, um, and his name is not Mitch Leidner because he plays for Mitch for for the Gophers. But um, jeez, man, I wish I knew the old Gophers quarterback. But I'm gonna take ECU. ECU. I'm dropping ECU too. They dropped sixty last week. ECU for Nick as well. Kev, what about you? Another team, like another game that we don't know much about. Um, I am going to take NC State. Uh, I'm going to take NC State as well. Uh, I, again, like I said, we don't really know a whole lot about either of these teams, just like the first matchup, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, next game, both you're picking first again, we got Penn State at Pittsburgh. Now, this one's actually a decent, decent game that we sh- should know. The Nittany Lions. The Nittany Lions of Penn State, yes, against Pittsburgh. Pitt, um, do you have any results? Did Pittsburgh win? Yes. Yes, they're both 1-0. 1-0, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wasn't sure. Um, Pittsburgh got their running back back. Who, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, had an injury and beat cancer. That guy's a badass. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I heard that story. He that can run crazy. through cancer. He can run through a defensive line. <laughs> he showed that last week with that stiff arm. Yeah. I'm going to... Who do you got? Pitt State, Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Penn State. Penn State? Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Nick's got Pitt. I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Pitt as well. Uh, uh, both James, loses. Yeah, James Conner was uh, really, really impressive in that game last week to me. Uh, and I'm just, I, I like the story, so I want Pitt to continue to win. Next game, we've got Wake Forest against Duke. Uh just like to mention that, like I said, it's really tough to follow one of the best kickoff weeks ever. There's not a lot of good games on, uh, but we're still going to be watching because football is amazing. So, both Wake Forest at Duke. Who do you got? Um, are they? They're both ACC, yeah. Yes. Yes. So it is a conference um, matchup. Uh, it is being played at Duke. At Duke, they're both one and zero. Um. I'm going to say this is, like, a really weak game. I don't know if I'm being honest or not. I think it is. No, you're being honest 100%. I'm going to take Duke, just on a whim. 
I'm going to take the Demon Deacons in the Woke Forest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you can't I actually watched Wake Forest against Tulane on Thursday night. And it was, they won 7-3. to three. So I'm going to go with Duke. I'm gonna take Duke as well. Uh, y'all hating, y'all hating on the world. I, oh, <laughs> <the Wake>. I, <laughs> I agree with Kevin. Uh, I did see the Wake Forest result, and I was not impressed. So um, next, we've got Arkansas against TCU. This is actually an interesting game. We got SEC versus Big Twelve. TCU obviously struggled a little bit uh, in their game, but uh, didn't end up pulling off the victory. I think that quarterback got some experience, and uh, he's gonna play a little bit better against Arkansas. And really, who knows what the Razorbacks are doing this year. So, uh, both, who do you got? Arkansas, TCU. I'm taking TCU, firepower overall. Um, they put up numbers, and they're going to put up numbers again. It was a close one between Louisiana, Louisiana Tech and Arkansas. And I just, I'm going to say I don't like Arkansas because we lost to them in the bowl game last year. So, I'm taking... Uh, Taking TCU? I'm taking TCU. Nick, what about you? I want to take, I want to fear the frog, but I feel like this one's Arkansas. Um, I'm rolling with Arkansas. I want TCU to win, but uh, I'm a big Gary Patterson fan, but uh, I feel like Suey's going to Suey's gonna roll. Okay, that's TCU or Big um, 12. I'm going with TCU and Kenny Trill. Yeah. Oh, so- I am going to also go with TCU. Uh, I th- I believe in them a little bit more than Arkansas. Uh, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, next game, BYU against Utah. Utah was a good team last year. I don't think they're too impressive this year. They lost a lot of their weapons. Uh, and BYU, who has the same quarterback. Did I say BYU? I don't know. BYU against Utah. Both of you got. Um. I didn't want to catch either of the games just because it was uh, was a Pac-12 at night for uh, that last BYU game, so I wasn't able to catch that last one. But based on just some quick googling, they should look like they barely snuck past the Arizona Wildcats. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Utah. Just Utah. That's interesting. I'm a Roy Utah as well. All right. I'm going BYU. BYU. I agree with Kev. All right. We got a split there. Nice split. Uh, another game we got Virginia. Against Oregon, uh, both teams actually dropped their first. Or wait, no, they didn't. Oregon won. Virginia dropped their first game, and Oregon won. Yeah. So. Virginia lost to Richmond by seventeen yes. points, and that was a game where they played Rich. They paid Richmond to come to come beat them. So by seventeen. By seventeen, get there. Got smacked. So, I can't believe I'm asking, but both who do you got? Um, I'm gonna take Oregon. However, they didn't sell out their stadium for the first time, so it kind of worries me. Fairweather fans, man. Fairweather, one hundred percent. They're not a powerhouse. So. They, they, they didn't sell out uh, Otson for the first time in I think almost sixty games. That's a that's that's a pretty heavy back and like record for sellouts. And I and I don't know why this is not playing into my prediction, but it's not. I'm just bringing up a point. But I'm taking Oregon. Nick, what about you? Oregon as well. Oregon, Kev, Oregon. Oregon sweep on that pick, um, pretty obvious. If I don't even know how like anything about Richmond football, but it can't be too good. So Oregon there. Next game we've got Iowa State, a Big Twelve uh, team against Iowa in a little in-state rivalry game to kick off the year. 
Iowa coming into the game 0 and 1. Iowa or Iowa State coming into the game 0 and 1. Iowa 1 and 0, ranked 17th week one. I don't know what they moved up to. Uh, both who do you got? Taking the Hawkeyes. Uh, I don't know, just because. Uh, I'm gonna roll Hawkeyes as well too. Uh, big question. I wonder is Iowa State worse than KU this year? I am really looking forward to that. Right I now, wish. they are. I think so as well. Um, <laughs> it's God. gonna be interesting. KU not it. only won their first game, but they won by a lot. What was it, fifty-five to seven? Yeah, we may we may have a new dog in the Big Twelve Conference, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, it is really weird not having KU like just start off on one. To be I mean, they honest. beat the worst FCS team. Is it? It was it the worst yeah. FCS team. I mean, it's, it's Rhode Island. Good for them, but I mean, but it's on. already an improvement on last year, so. Right. They have, like, you can't even say doubled or tripled because they didn't win any last year. I w- yeah, it's last true. time they won a road Big... A million times better. A million times. Last time they rode, they won a road Big 12 game, uh, the iPad and Instagram hadn't been invented yet. So <laughs> that's a stat for all y'all young folks out there. Uh, but who knows? I don't know if they play at Iowa State this year, but uh, it's really interesting, KU's fit for, uh, futility. Alright, uh, Kev, who do you got in the Iowa-Iowa State game? It's at Iowa. I'm going to pick an upset and go with Iowa State. Um, Ooh. I know that sounds kind of dumb, but then they lost to Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa's a pretty dang good um, FCS school, so I'm going to... I don't really ever trust Iowa, so I'm going with Iowa State. Okay, I'm going to go with Iowa. I I do like Kev's picks. It's, it's bold, but not very bold, but... Uh, I think I was a little bit too much for these Cyclones. Next up, we've got Texas Tech against Arizona State, both coming into the game 1-0. Texas Tech's high-powered offense. Uh, well, I have no idea what their defense is going to be like. Uh, against Arizona State, who I don't know a lot about. I know a little bit about them, just because I have a friend that goes there, but I'm taking Texas Tech. Too high-powered, too, too quick, too on their feet, too mobile. I agree, Texas Tech. Going with the Big 12 schools. Kev, what about you? Um, I'm also going to go Texas Tech. Mahomes is going to be too much for him. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to pick Arizona State. Uh, they struggled on the road last year, Texas Tech that is, and uh, that's something that they need to work on or need to like fix this season from last season to actually be a contender. Uh, but we'll see how this actually turns out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Arizona State based on last year's oh, like on the road struggles. So our last game being played at Bristol Motor Speedway. What? Uh, yeah. Wow. It's crazy venue. It's like the biggest venue ever, or something like that, because of like it's being played. Sixty thousand, I believe. I, Holy just smokes. like big in the, like the scope of it, because it's being played on the infield, infield? of the NASCAR. Wow. Track. Okay. So, I, this is this is information to me. That's cool uh, as hell. That's it's Virginia awesome. Tech against Tennessee. I think this is most. This is probably the. This is probably most con- contended or yeah, it's probably, closest. It's probably the game of the week. Yeah. Um, I want to say VT, but I don't know. I think maybe Tennessee took it. I mean, they didn't. It wasn't. What What was the final score of that, their game? They 24 won 13. 13. Yeah. 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Tennessee, but I feel like it's going to be a close one. Uh, Nick, what about you? Um, I'm going to take, uh, take Tennessee. I think the App State. Uh, I think App State was a better team than people thought, and I think that it kind of gave them the little shock they needed to wake to wake up. All right, Kev. Um, 
I'm also going to go Tennessee. Um, the Speedway is actually on the state line of Virginia and Tennessee. Hey. I didn't know that. Very, very interesting like, location. I'm pretty sure the Tennessee fans are going to show out. It's going to be basically a home game for them. Yeah. There we I'm, got a huge stadium. So. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. You high. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I don't. Tennessee just didn't look very impressive. It looked. It looked like a lot of looking at Josh Dobbs. Like, hey, why are you not making any plays? And it was like the receivers, the ones looking at him, like, hey, oh yeah, we got to catch the ball too. So uh, I don't. They didn't look very impressive against Appalachian State. And uh, so I'm gonna go with VT. Uh, they did upset Ohio State like two years ago or something like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, they do know how to kind of derail a team. So, um, but yeah, that's our pickums for our week two. Again, like I said, just kind of repeating myself, the uh, the slate of games is not near the week one shenanigans that we had. We had, what was it, seven top 25 teams lose? Yeah. Which is the most in a really long time to lose. Yeah, it's we had a, we had a crazy week. And, had, uh, had Florida State lost, we would have had three top five teams drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, Pickums are only going to get more intense as the weeks go on. We move yeah, once it starts getting to, uh, to conference play, then it's going to really really start to uh, separate like the men from the boys, I guess, and like the, our, our standings, that is, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'll be curious to see as the, uh, the weeks go on. But uh, another Before we wrap up, I do want to talk about the new rankings this week. There's brand new rankings. Um, I don't have that up yet, so give us just a second... Alabama is going to be no, your number one, uh, div- deservedly so, I'd say. Yes, you after know. beating USC 52-6, I think they proved. Until you ki- can prove you kill the king, you're going to beat the king. Um, both, do you have the rankings in front of you, I believe? Yeah. Um, Who's number two? Looks like Clemson stays at number two. Uh, Florida State moved up a spot to number three, which I think they deserve after that performance. They didn't have a bad performance. Uh, I agree. Only uh, three points behind. There's a three-point gap between Clemson and Florida State. Like in votes? I feel like that's relatively that's fair. Pretty close. Yeah, that's, that's pretty Florida fair. Florida State has more first-place votes. As well. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think that's fair only because Florida State. Well, they had a great comeback. They didn't have a great first half, and maybe that was a deciding factor. Yeah, yeah and I'm gonna attribute that to a freshman quarterback. Well, maybe. Like Jitters, uh, he did look much better second half. Uh, Ohio State coming in at number four. Michigan right behind them at number five. So that's going to get interesting. I really hope that both those teams stay up high in the rankings because uh, when that yeah, game at the end, when that game at the end of the year is to go to the like ten championship. I remember when it was one versus two. It was basically the national championship right there. Uh, Houston all the way up to number six from after fifteen. Yes, from fifteen after beating Oklahoma. Uh, very deservingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they go unbeaten, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah. But uh, yeah. in that conference, though, if they slip up one, they could, uh, it's going to take one slip up and they're out. They play Louisville late in November, so that's going to be a big matchup. Yes. For sure. Uh, after Houston, we've got Stanford at number seven. They did move up one spot after the K-State, your victory over K-State. Uh, Washington up number eight. I'm not sure that I agree with that. What about you guys? I don't know a ton about them. I wish I knew more. I uh, beat a really bad Rutgers team, but I don't think they deserve to be that high. No. I think there's a lot of hype around them, and I just don't think they're ready for uh, that type of like ranking. They haven't proved anything to anybody yet. So. Yeah, there's better teams, Big 12. Yeah. Good. SEC even. Georgia coming in behind them, I think they should be ahead of Washington. Well, Georgia's at number nine. Um, 
I feel like they're definitely better than Washington based on just their talent and obviously what Georgia's done recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freshman quarterback Jacob Eason. I, I think that if he's able to, you know, they're going to have a chance to contend if he can pull off some big throws and big games. Wisconsin coming in at number 10. Uh, not really too surprised after the or after the LSU win. Maybe actually I'm a little bit surprised that they are all the way up to 10. I think 10 and 11 are two like the most yeah. important rankings of the week. When I think I mean, about it, it doesn't surprise two, me because they beat an LSU team that yeah. they probably weren't supposed to beat. And uh, not only did they beat them, but they held the, their best player to no touchdowns. Two, uh, two unranked teams. Yes, two unranked teams, teams jump to up. 10 and 11 because that's, Texas comes in at number 11. Uh, that's really, it's really a, bold. It's big. They they received plenty of votes first preseason, but or yes. last preseason poll, but I mean, so, it's still it's still big jump. The pollsters I mean. do think that Texas is back, obviously, based on this poll because, geez, they jumped a whole bunch of teams. Uh, Michigan State coming at number 12. I think they stay where they were at. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. Uh, Louisville at number 13. I don't have any disagreement there. Oklahoma down to number 14. From uh, three. From three. I don't know if I agree with the drop. Maybe not that much. I think they were outclassed the whole game. I mean, I I think that's deserved. I, I think maybe mean, they... I think you could put ten- Tennessee above them and maybe even a... Maybe even in a, a uh, LSU or even in OSU at this point. I feel like OU should. I just don't. I don't feel like more. you could put Wisconsin and Texas over Oklahoma yet. Yeah, I mean confidently. So, uh, Oklahoma at number fourteen. Uh, TCU, another Big Twelve uh, team, right behind them at number fifteen. We're gonna continue to like keep our eye out on them because uh, they're gonna be have to be one of the teams that take over Baylor's. Like powerhouse spot and continue, or they're gonna have to be really consistent for the Big Twelve to stay relevant. Uh, then we've got Iowa at number sixteen. Uh, again, they don't really have a tough schedule uh, aside from the fact that they do have to play Michigan. Uh, Tennessee at number seventeen. Uh, I feel like they should be a little higher. I think they, yeah. I mean, they played an Appalachian State team that was obviously unranked. They obviously should have walked all over them. They didn't. But uh, like their coach said, good teams find ways to win ball games, and they did end up winning. So I feel like they don't need to drop that much. Uh, Notre Dame down to number eighteen. That's like a that's a good drop for them. They only dropped eight spots. Yeah. Uh, lost a big well for for the right now as of right now yeah. they lost their core wide receiver Torrey Hunter Jr. Yeah. What Took is the big, what is the injury status to that? Is that I mean I was don't it think it's been a, was it a yet. concussion or just had to have been at least yeah I'm sure he got knocked out. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of debate on whether or not that should have been targeting. I think it was a clean hit. Uh, there's so as well, just not a lot the defender could have done. He didn't lead with his head. There wasn't like head to head contact initially. There was obviously going to be some incidental, but. Uh, he is in concussion protocol, so I'm just going to assume it's just a concussion. He was not, like, he got up and walked off the field yeah. and everything like that, so that's, I'm going to assume that... I mean, it's a, that, they're just very ty- fairly yeah. typical concussions. It's going to de- it's gonna depend on the severity of the concussion and how long he's out. Uh, I'm not sure if Notre Dame plays next, but uh, I'm sure it's not too tough of a game. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss coming in at number 19 after the loss to... Florida State were they? They were number eleven before. Yeah, uh, that's kind of a fair. Eight yeah. eight spots just they for like a, had a terrible oh, second half. I mean. They did. They really did not play very well that second half. Uh, Texas A and M thirty 
This is 0-30 run for FSU. Yeah, it's... Like I said, that halftime speech, dude. Crazy. Was it really Jameis Winston that went in there and gave a halftime speech? Yeah, it's on ESPN. You can look at it. They posted a video of it. it said that they're all dogs and Inspiring. not puppies. Inspiring. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M at number 20. Were they unranked before? Uh, they were yeah. unranked. Yeah, I felt like they could be a little higher even. Yeah, um, that's fair. UCLA had a good roster, and maybe Trevor Knight is a legitimate threat to shake things up. I think they could enter a 9-3, 9-3, 10-2 season. Uh, what week do they play Alabama? Do they play, play them early or late? Uh, they usually play them early because I remember that's when Johnny really messed yeah. him up. Messed up Alabama. Uh, LSU coming in at number 21 all the way down from 5. Uh, if you're going to rank Wisconsin that high, I don't think you can drop LSU that low. Yeah. True. Uh, I mean, if they're a top 5 team <laughs> and you think that they're that good, you can't really... Two-point game as well. Yeah, two-point game. It was a really hard-fought defensive battle. I don't think you can drop them that many spots. Uh, Oklahoma State actually drops down a rank. Uh, a little bit upset about that, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. My, my cowpokes handled business uh, against Southeast Louisiana. Now, I know Southeast Louisiana isn't exactly a football powerhouse. They got a tough game. They won 60-something to 7, but they handled business. They looked good. Uh I did like what Barry Sanders Jr. was doing on punt return and stuff like that. He was trying to emulate his dad a little bit. Uh, I'm sure he's tired of that comparison already. Uh, Baylor at number 23, right behind Oklahoma State. Uh, not too sure how they're going to do this year with the new coaching staff and uh, all the uh, controversy and stuff going around. It just seems like more and more stuff keeps happening in Baylor. So we're going to have to watch that closely and see how much gas is left in that tank before they finally fall off like Penn State did. Seth Russell is a Seth Russell scary, though. They, they yes. have a lot of NFL talent on that roster, and but their content's under pressure. If you know a couple things happen, the players turn against each other, that could be a dumpster fire, but they could be a championship team. Last year, that team had the most depth at a quarterback position that I think I've ever seen on a college roster. They, they were down to their third or fourth string quarterback and still beating Oklahoma State, contending with TCU and Oklahoma. Like they had to put a receiver in at the end of the year. Did yeah. they really? Or yeah. Not a non-quarterback played quarterback. Almost as good as Ohio State's yeah, in it's, their championship year. Uh, Oregon coming in at number 24. Uh, did, were they were unranked before, weren't they? No, they were 24. So they were 24, so they stay right where they were at. And Miami at number 25. Nick, I know you're kind of a Miami, like you want Miami to be good again. What do you think about this? I don't uh, even remember who they played. I feel like Mark Richt, uh, this could be a little too fast for them, but who knows. If they can if they can scratch out an 8-4 and four, uh, record like in the ACC, I feel like this big building block for them. The U's on the rise in the ACC, frankly, needs it with, Cle- with considering Clemson and uh, Florida State and to a lesser extent uh, North Carolina being the only legitimate football teams in that conference right now. Uh, but the U could be could be on the rise. Um, I really do hope so. I agree with you 100%. Ooh. It is a better college football when the U is uh, there. And they, if the ACC needs it, they yeah. need it a lot. So um, I'm just looking down toward like the others receiving votes. Uh, I see Florida in there like receiving the most votes out of the unranks. Uh, UCLA, obviously they dropped out. Uh, Boise State, I didn't know they were like quite in the conversation. Utah as well. Uh, San Diego State is interesting to me for receiving votes. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Go Aztecs. Uh, North Carolina. <laughs> you a good girls golf team. <laughs> North Carolina in there. They dropped out of the top 25. Auburn as well. 
that's kind of surprising. Maybe their performance against Clemson surprised a lot of people, or maybe they're jumping on the Auburn train to get them in the rankings. I don't know. Um, Navy as well, receiving two votes. I, I just wanted to mention that. That's always a dangerous team with that offense. Mm-hmm. And with the college football playoff, I mean, you get one legitimate win, you know, you're going to be, like we've seen with Wisconsin and Texas, you can be right you up there with the big boys. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting going forward. This college football season, I think, is going to be one of the, the better ones we've had. We've had the playoff system established for two years, and, you know, the third year, man, it's going to be big. I think this is the year that we have a, uh, a non-Power 5 team in. I think this is the year Houston does it. Houston? they got to take care of business in the conference. they got to beat Louisville, and then they're in. Possibly Ohio State or Michigan, regardless of how their game goes. You know, if it, they play a good game, both teams are undefeated. You know, why not throw the other they one might, in there? Yeah, they might both make it, which is something I do. I, we haven't talked about it. I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast yet, but I do want to talk about uh, whether or not teams should be in if they're not the conference champion. We what, s- like, what do you guys think about that? I think we saw that a couple of years ago with when Alabama uh, got into the national championship game, and then they came back and slaughtered LSU. I think that you have to look at it as purely a performance, crunch the tape, say, what is the best teams to put in here? Um, and regard, depend, unless, of course, you have undefeated teams, but I would probably put a 11-1 Michigan or an 11-1 Ohio State over a Pac-12 champion, personally. If, if, like, the conference just doesn't look that impressive. Exactly, yeah. I can see your point. I, I'm just not, I don't know. I feel like you can't, you shouldn't be able to be a national champion without being, like, a conference champion in football to me. I feel like you need to be able to win your conference as well as, like, national championships. So, I don't know. But uh, I do kind of see your point. Like, uh, Michigan, that's 11-1, and that loses to Ohio State, could still be better than... I don't know, Houston, which if that happens and Houston's kept out and they're undefeated and Michigan's like 11-1 and and Ohio State's undefeated, so they, like Ohio State and Michigan get in, I can see a lot of controversy happening and uh, people are going to be like, well, we need to move it up to eight teams and then mm-hmm. we get in this crazy debate. Which we so, do, I think, in my opinion. I think eight's perfect. I think eight, yeah, eight would be perfect. Uh, any more than that, though, I don't, that's too crazy. Do you cut off the last two games then and then throw, like... Well, what exact, what so you, exactly But what's, what two games do you cut off? Do you cut off the conference schedule, or do you cut out some of the non-conference? Mm-hmm. I don't mind the 18 playoff. I just want to know, you know, you're talking about... You have four extra games. Yeah, you know, we're talking about playing in, like, the 15th of January, yeah. then. We're going we're gonna to totally impede on the NFL schedule. Um, you know, it's going to be... Uh, we, we extended it out. We're going to be asking college kids to play 16, uh, 15, 14 games. If we also keep the college... Uh, the uh, conference championships games in there as well, um, but I'm 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 down with it. I think Houston does get in though, if they're undefeated. I'd be looking more of like if you could take a Alabama, an Ohio State, a Michigan, and say these teams beat four top twenty five teams, where a Pac twelve championship team beat one or two top twenty five teams. I think that the argument's there, but with Houston, I think that a win at Louisville, a uh, win at OU, which they're going to be needing to be rooting for that team all year, will be good enough to to pounce them in. Uh, but man, we got a good year of college football coming oh, up. I'm so excited for the week. I'm ready for the uh, conference schedule to start. Um, any closing thoughts from anybody? Any any other things they want to mention? 
We got nothing. All right, Nick, no. take us away. All right. <laughs> this has been episode four of the Comebacks Podcast, a sports podcast by sports fans for sports fans, recorded and produced in the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. All right, thank you, listeners, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, this is just me after the podcast has already been recorded. This is going up a little bit later than expected. We wanted to try and get it up by Wednesday. This is actually it's getting here pretty close to the college kickoff for the day. I just wanted to summarize the Denver Carolina game because we did talk about it or talk about our predictions in the game or of the game and it's already actually happened. So I did want to talk about it a little bit. Denver pulled off the victory 21 to 20. Trevor Simeon 18 for 26, 178 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, very good performance for his first game against the defending NFC champions, the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton did not play too bad either. He was 18 for 33 with 194 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He also ran for 54 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, The big story, though, for the Broncos was that C.J. Anderson carried quite a bit of the load for the Broncos' offense. 20 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Really helped out Trevor Simeon, made it much, much easier for him to do his job and what he needed to do. But uh, Carolina had a chance late. They drove down the field, had a 50-yard field goal to win it, could not put it through. So Denver came out on top, which surprised everybody. We all thought that Carolina was going to kind of easily take this game because there was a lot of question marks about Denver, how they were going to do. Their offense was very, very awful last year. But uh, it appears that they've kind of figured it out, and their defense is still great. So... Again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.